Sometimes on this journey, I get lost in my mistakes. What looks to me like weakness is a canvas for your strength. My story isn't over, my story's just begun. Failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does. Failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does. shame at the door cause it ain't welcome anymore Ooh, you're in the father's house arrival's not the end game the journey's where you are you never wanted perfect, you just wanted my heart. And the story isn't over, if the story isn't good. And failure's never final, when the Father's in the room. And failure's never final, when the Father's in the room. shame at the door cause it ain't welcome anymore Ooh, you're in the Father's house Prodigals come home The helpless find hope Love is on the move when the father's in the room. Prison doors fling wide, the dead come to life. Love is on the move when the father's in the room. Miracles take place, the cynical find faith. Love is breaking through when the father's in the room. Jericho walls are quaking, strongholds now are shaking, love is breaking through when the Father's in the room, love is breaking through when the Father's in the room, ooh, lay your burdens down, ooh, here in the Father's house, check your shame. shame at the door cause it ain't welcome anymore Ooh, you're in the father's house Lord we just thank you today for your presence we thank you for those that are here today God we just thank you for those that have been baptized Lord we just pray for them 
We lift them up to you, God. You just protect them, watch over them. God, help us to help them in any way that we can. God, we love you today. We pray for Brother Darrell as he delivers your word. In Jesus' name, amen.
Running out. 
Good morning to you again. If you have your Bible, let's go to Matthew chapter 5 as we go through the book of Matthew on Sundays. Matthew chapter 5, 17 through 20, Sermon on the Mount. We're going through it, oh, kind of verse by verse. Matthew 5, 17 through 20. There's an outline of this on the back side of your announcements if you'd like to use that. Most of it will be on the screen also. Uh, my wife and I have the privilege to be with our, one of our grandsons is being baptized next Sunday, so we will be with him, and, and Aaron will uh, be here to preach for you. So that's why I want to just, I want to say this, because I'm not going to have the chance to say it next Sunday. This is in your announcements, but I just need to say it, just to be sure, because we're going to do something different on Harvest Day. That's November the 19th and uh, going to be completely different from what we usually do. So I just want to say this again and again and again. We're going to give you a, a chance to give thanks. I guess I, I'm probably going to change it and say give thanks back or give back thanks. God has been so good to you. God has been so good to you. And this is a chance for you and I to give back. So on that day, uh, we're going to give, a chance, give you a chance if you want to give by saying so. We're going to give you a chance. You have to think, think about it, though. You have to come up here, okay? And I know that's tough. I know, I know that's tough. Uh, but this is your chance to say so. I'm probably going to say more about that than anything else because I know that that is the hardest one. And a lot of us, when we think about, you know, getting up front and saying something, even though it's, you know, giving thanks back to the Lord. Think, oh, man, I can't do that. And I understand that. I really do. I really do. I, 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 I understand that. So this is a chance for you to do that. But um, I have a feeling the only people that are going to do it is really Holy Spirit 
led. Here's the thing. You can't do it if the Holy Spirit's not helping you do it. And so what we're, what we're looking for is those people who, you know, maybe they don't really want to do it, but I feel like God wants me to do it. You know, I'm scared to do it, but I feel like God, God wants me to. So if, if on that day that, that you just feel like the Lord is leading you, come up here and just, just give, give thanks. You let me know, and we'll make out, a, make out a schedule for that. The other one is this large uh, board over here with pins in it, a cork board. And if you want to say, man, I, I just don't, I don't think I want to get up front and say so, and I don't really feel like the Lord's leading me to do that, but I could write it out. I could write it out. So what, I'm, what I want to give thanks to God for, something specific, something that he's done, you write that out, pin it on the cork board. Let me say this. If you're tall, use your height, okay? Don't do it here. Do it here, okay? So you can say so. You, you let me know about that. You can, uh, show, I think it's show so, so you write it out, put it on the board. I, I do encourage this. If you write it out and put it on the board, don't fold it up. Okay, open it up. So because we want to be able to read it. You don't have to sign your name, but you can. So that's show so. So I want to, I want to write it out. I want to show and give thanks back to the Lord. And then, then the third way is, is to just simply give financially. Okay, uh, you may do all, may do all three. Okay. So you can say so, show so, or what was the last one? Give so? Uh, give so. Okay. Giving so. All right. That's a, that'll be no, no, November the 19th. So you, you pray about that however it is that you want to give back to God because of all he's done for you. Matthew chapter 5, 17 through 18. Are you more righteous than a Pharisee? Jesus is talking about righteousness, of course, and, and being a Pharisee and how righteous they thought they were. The Sermon on the Mount, and this, this kind of begins it, is the condition, Jesus is going to talk over and over about the condition of our heart. And from verse 20 on, he's really going to give some examples of, of uh, you know, you can do one thing, but your heart is full of another thing. And this kind of opens it up or, or begins the thinking of <clears throat> what, what is righteousness? What's really important? Is it what you're doing or what's the condition of your heart? Verse 17, this will be on the screen too. Jesus said, do not think that I've come to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or one Tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Jot or tittle, what is that? It'd be kind of like us saying, cross your T's and dot your I's. Okay? Verse 19. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And this is the verse. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter 
the kingdom of heaven. That's hard to do and that's hard to understand because the scribes and the Pharisees were all about keeping every part of the law, crossing the T's, dotting the I's. You know, every little part of the law, very concerned about keeping laws. But So Jesus says, but unless your righteousness exceeds there, unless you're better than they are, you will in no wise enter the kingdom of heaven. How can that be? So is this all about doing better things? Well, I'm, I'm not against that. And Jesus is not against that, about you doing better things. But is this about, okay, then doing better things than people around me? Or doing better things than the, than the really good people that I know? That if I, if I don't do better than them, is that what all that righteousness means? Okay, look at the screen or look at, looking at your outline uh, if, if you have that. Righteousness, there's this two things, righteousness of the hands and righteousness of the heart. Righteousness of the hands, of course, the things that you do, the things that you do and things that other people see you do. That's good. That's what the Pharisees were. But Jesus said, unless your righteousness is more than theirs, well, I don't know how to do that because I don't know I can be better as far as doing things. So they were all about, the scribes, Pharisees, all about doing things right. But they had forgotten about the issue of their heart. So there's a righteousness of the hands and there's righteousness of the heart. We concentrate on the hands because that's what you can see. Rightly so. You can tell if somebody's doing wrong. How do you know if they're thinking wrong? You can tell if somebody's doing the, the bad thing, the wrong thing. But how do you know what's in their heart? Okay, so there's righteousness of the hands, but there is a righteousness of the heart. Another way of saying it, the next screen, there's righteousness of doing, and there's righteousness of being. The doing, the scribes and the Pharisees had that down. The hands, they had that down. But they were missing the heart. And that's what uh, Jesus doesn't want us to miss. The perfect parable or illustration that Jesus gave. You can turn there. I'm going to. Luke chapter 18. This will be on the screen, though. Luke chapter 18, 9 through 14. Jesus tells a story. It could very well be a true story, but this explains the difference exactly. Matt, I'm going to go through this kind of slow and um, ask us to stop along the way. So Jesus tells this story, and he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Okay? So... Here's the parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Hold right there. A tax collector, a sinner. In those days, a tax collector was almost synonymous for a man who would cheat you. Okay? So they were, dis they were despised. Everybody knew that tax collectors were dishonest. Okay? So two men went up to the temple to pray. A Pharisee who tries to keep all the law, keep everything just right, doing his best, 
righteous of the hands. Went up there with a sinner. Okay, uh, where did I stop? Went up to the temple to pray. A Pharisee and the other tax collector. Now, look at verse 11. So the Pharisee stood. Look at how Jesus says this. The, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. Is he praying to God? Now he says, part of the prayer is, God, I thank you that I am not like other men. We're going to stay in this verse, verse a minute. Is he really praying to God? No, he's not. Jesus said that he prayed thus with himself. He's not praying to God. He's thinking this or he's saying this to himself. God doesn't have anything to do with this. This is all him. So he's pretending to pray. But so he's going through this pretend prayer as he prays to himself. And the prayer goes like this. God I thank you that I am not like other men. Stop right there. God, I thank you that I am not like other men. What's another way of saying that? I'm better than other men. I'm better than other men. I'm better than other people. Because I'm a Pharisee. Okay, we don't have Pharisees today. Nope, nobody goes by that name. I'm better than other people because I do better things. I'm better than other people because I keep the law better than you do. I'm more obedient to what God's word says, so I'm better than you are. And in praying, we're thinking that to ourselves. And then we go around thinking that to ourselves. We can't be talking to God about it because God's going to say, no, you're not. But we don't want to hear that. So we want to keep thinking. So we're thinking it to ourselves. We're saying it to ourselves. We're praying it to ourselves. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. God, I thank you so much that I'm better. None of you go around saying that. We... Uh, there's probably not been a person that's ever lived that doesn't have to work on this, though. And we just don't want to admit. This is, one of the, this is the message right here that I don't like to preach and have an altar call. Because people don't, don't want to come. Because they think, oh, well, I'd have to admit that I have an issue, <laughs> that I have a problem with this. We all do. Because we're Christians or disciples of Jesus, we work on being good. And we got to be real careful with that. that. That turns into being a Pharisee. I want you to work on being good. But I don't want that thought to get into your heart. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Lord, I thank you that I'm better. Okay, I think I beat that horse. I thank you that I'm not like other men, other people. And he, he starts a list. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even, even as this tax collector. 
That tax collector was, was kneeling right there. The Pharisee was standing, the tax collector was kneeling, and the Pharisee saying this out loud, but to himself, but he's saying it out loud, God, I thank you that I'm not like all these other men, all these unjust things, I, even like this tax collector. If I was the tax collector, I'd say, I'm, I'm, I, I'm right here. You know, I can hear you. Even at, like this tax collector, I'm so glad I'm better than he is. I'm so glad I'm better than he is. And the list goes on. I fast twice a week, verse 12. I give tithes of all that I, I possess. Everything he says is good. All those good things. And staying away from the bad things. But it had gotten into his heart. And he had begun to think that he's better. I know I've done this quite a few times. I'm not going to take it from the original. But I'm going to you, you remember the week when I asked you, who is the worst person in the, in the room? Who is the worst person in, in the room? And see, the problem is some of you are going over in your mind who else is in the room. And you're trying to figure out who's the worst person in, in the room. And if I do this enough, we'll finally get it. Somebody tell me, who is the worst person in the room? I am. I am. I am. I am. Don't ever lose that. Don't ever lose that. And see, as we grow in Christianity, there's that temptation to lose that. And to begin to think, well, because I'm growing, because I'm changing, because I am getting better, that somehow I am better than you. And I want to tell you right now, I am not better than you. Jesus is better than you. Jesus is better than you. That's the point. Okay, I, I shouldn't have said that. I got ahead of myself. But just pretend you didn't hear that, okay? So here goes. Now, the tax collector... The tax collector standing afar off would, verse 13, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, now here's his prayer. I want you to remember this. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Look at that phrase. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I want you to remember that prayer. That's what it is, isn't it? I want you to remember that prayer. God be merciful to me, a sinner. The Pharisee was praying with himself, praying to himself, speaking to himself. God wasn't in it. What's the sinner doing? There's two people in his prayer. God and him. God and him. He wasn't concerned about anyone else. He doesn't talk about anyone else. He doesn't talk about how good he's been. He talks about how bad he's been. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Look at that prayer. I want you to memorize that prayer. I want that prayer to go over and over in your head. Let's go ahead and read, read the rest of it, but we'll come back to that. Jesus ends it in verse 14. I tell you, 
this man, the tax collector, went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Matt, if you would, let's go back to verse 13. I just, I really want you to memorize that prayer. God be merciful to me, a sinner. God be merciful to me. Now here's what happens. Back to Jesus is good. You see, if we start being like a Pharisee, we compare ourselves with each other. You're going to find somebody who's doing worse things than you. We're gonna, you're going to find somebody who's in a lot worse shape than, than you if you look for it. But I want you to stop looking for it. But when you compare yourself to Jesus, that's the key to it, you see. It's not comparing ourselves to each other. It's not how I look up against some, someone else. It's not that I've done fewer bad things or I'm doing more good things than you. It has nothing to do with that. How do I compare to Jesus? And when I do that, when I compare myself to who he is and what he's done, when I compare myself to Jesus Christ, the only prayer I can pray then is God be merciful to me. I'm the worst one in the room. When I see myself, because when I, when I think about the room, I don't think about anybody else but me. I'm not looking at anybody else but me. I'm looking at Jesus. And when I see him, what he's done for me, what he's doing for me, what he has forgiven me of, he never turned his head and said, oh, I, I didn't see that. No, he paid for my sin. He forgave my sin by paying for my sin. When I think about what he's done for me, when I compare myself to him, the only prayer I've got left is God be merciful to me. God be merciful to me. Me, a sinner. The next uh, screen. Christianity is one beggar showing another beggar where to find bread. And that's it. I'm not better than anyone. When I compare myself to Jesus, I see myself for who I am. And, and when each of us do that, there begins a righteousness of the heart that a Pharisee cannot touch. I want to show you another prayer. It comes out of Matthew. I don't know. I almost didn't do this, but... God be merciful to me, a sinner. I want you to remember that prayer. Matthew chapter 14, the famous story of Peter walking on the water until he didn't. But when he saw the wind, this is, this is Peter trying to walk on the water. When he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. Mad, we're going to do this again. Go on to the next verse, but then come back. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And said to him, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Go back to verse 30. Look at that prayer. There's two prayers I want you to memorize. God be merciful to me, a sinner. In this prayer right here. Three words. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And I love, and I put that other verse because I love it. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. There's only two prayers I want you to think about right now. 
God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. I'd like for the musicians to come on up. This is our prayer time. Like for the for everyone to stand, if you would, with us. Why don't we try to just be right now, just as quiet as we possibly can be, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak as quiet as we can be, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak. Let's get in our mind and heart right now, if we can. There's only two people in the room, Jesus and me. Only two people in this room, Jesus and me. If that's the case, who's the worst person in the room? I am. I am. There's only two people in this room, Jesus and me. I need to come and pray. I need to come and pray about me. God, be merciful to me. Jesus, be merciful to me, a sinner. I need that this morning. I need that this morning. I'm struggling. I need help. I need to, I need to confess some things. I, need to, I just need to come and pray. I could just, you know, I could use a hundred different words to describe that. The truth is, we just need to come and pray. Jesus, be merciful to me, a sinner. Then the other prayer, Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. I, I need that. I need your mercy. I need your salvation. There's only two people in the room, Jesus and me, and I need to come and pray. While the band plays and sings, if you need to come and pray, that's what these altars are for. The altars are here. You can kneel. There's some, there's some seats here. You can have a seat. You can stand. If you need to come and pray, Jesus and you, we invite you to come.
Shall not 